He is risen. As we contemplate this joyful thought, let's start in a cemetery. There are many cemeteries. When we drive back home to uh, <coughs> Raleigh, especially on Highway 24 where you can actually see stuff as opposed to the freeway, there are cemeteries along there. There's um, bigger cemeteries. Each one of these tombstones here, like in this cemetery, has at least one dead person buried beneath it. This is the way it is in cemeteries. Some of these cemeteries, like I said, are bigger. There are some little family cemeteries. There's one that's, I forget the name on it, but it's identified. There's probably a dozen graves. Each one of those graves has a dead body under it, has been there since that person died. There are no doors on those graves. No exit, no escape hatches. No, it's a one-way door. Go into that grave, and there you stay. No one comes out. Now, once in a while, you'll find an empty grave. Sometimes, that means that a grave was dug up, and the dead body was taken out of the grave for some kind of examination or whatever, but it's still dead. And most of the time, that dead body will go back into that grave. More often, it means that there is a grave been dug because someone has died. A couple of Sundays ago, when we were going back to Raleigh, one of these cemeteries, there were two of these canopies set up in that cemetery over open, freshly dug grave sites. At one of them, there was a family gathered. They were obviously ready to lower their uh, loved one who had died into that grave. The other one was empty, waiting for that family of that person who had died to be put in that grave. So every grave that we see represents someone who has died. It means death, even an empty grave. But the empty grave we look at this morning is completely different from all of those. It's a grave of someone who came to life. We read about that first Easter Sunday very early in Luke 24. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. It's a different scene than we have today with our graves. Once someone's put in the grave and it's covered up, there's no way you can access the body. That was different when the graves were in, at least some of them were carved into like small caves in the side of a mountain or a hill or something like that. And so these women, they were going to go back to finish taking care of the body of their dear teacher and friend, Jesus Christ. He had died. He had been crucified, and he had died. They, they, had, they knew what was happening there. They had been there when he was laid in the grave. They watched it happen. They had watched him as his, the life flowed out of him on the cross. They had seen he was genuinely dead. They knew that. 
They had already put some of the spices around him, wrapped him in certain claws. They went out and they bought some more. But it was just hours before the start of the uh, Sabbath on fr Friday evening in Jewish culture. The <coughs> day starts for celebrations like this in the, about 6 p.m. at sunset, continuing until sunset the next day. So they only had a couple hours to do the first things. And then early on Sunday morning, which had been the first chance after the Sabbath when they could work again, they were headed to the grave to finish what they wanted to do to take care of their dear teacher and friend, Jesus. Now, they knew what they were going to run into or what they thought they would run into. This grave, and not only, you know, not only was Jesus dead in there, but they rolled a stone in front of the grave. They had sealed it. They had posted a guard. No one was supposed to be able to get into this grave for fear someone was going to steal Jesus' body and claim that he rose from the dead. They talked about it, but they said, we'll just wait till we get there. We're going to do this. We don't know how we're going to get in, but we'll figure it out once we get there. So this is what they were up against. This is what they were thinking as they were walking to Jesus' grave. But when they got there, what did they find? The grave was open. There were no guards around. The stone had been rolled away. And there was emptiness in this tomb. The claws were lying there, folded up neatly. But Jesus' body was not there. Jesus was not there. It was an empty grave. That's what they found. So the first truth we're going to see is the women saw Jesus' grave empty. Uh, it might be something like if you have participated in the burial of a dear loved one, maybe even your mother or something like that, and you maybe watched as life left her body. You saw she was dead. The uh, undertakers took her away, bombed her, put her in the casket. You said goodbye. They closed the casket. You went to the grave. You went to the cemetery. Why maybe watched as her casket was lowered into the grave, covered up with dirt. A few days later, you go by. The grave is open. The casket in the grave is open. There's nobody in there. Does, have you ever heard of that happening? No. That doesn't happen, does it? That's just not the way it is because death is permanent. Like I said, death, the graves have no escape hatch. But this one was different. Because we continue reading, while they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes, clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. Yeah, this grave was empty for a little bit. While they were standing, all of a sudden appearing suddenly beside them were these two men, gleaming white uh, clothes. We'd seen this before at the Mount of Transfiguration when Jesus was transfigured, shone like lightning. Now here were two men uh, <coughs> that gleamed like lightning. And so in this tomb, this grave, this place of death and darkness, here was here were two gleaming men, light and life in this place of death and darkness, pointing toward life. 
So the second truth is the women saw angels in Jesus' empty grave. This empty grave is taking on a different tone, isn't it? Uh, <clears throat> and we continue reading. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why are you looking for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Now, if you go to a grave, expecting nothing but death around you, all of a sudden there's something alive and shining. That's going to be scary, isn't it? Anything alive in a place of death is going to be scary. And these women were frightened. And the first thought they had, you know, we worship. This is, this is divine. They fell down and in, in a pose of worship to these angels. But these were not divine creatures. These were messengers. Messengers from God. Angels. And really, that's what the word angel means in uh, the Greek where it's taken from. It means a messenger. These were messengers bringing a wonderful message to these people. They had just had announced, Jesus has risen. He has not here. He has left the grave. He is alive. That's the message that they heard there in the tomb. So we hear the, the, the truth that angels announce Jesus is alive in the empty grave. Jesus is alive. A message from lightning bright angels. That's hard to admit, dismiss if you hear a message from some men like that. But we go on. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee? The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. Here is the most important part of this message from the angels. A reminder to them of what Jesus had said. They had heard him. You know, these women were with Jesus, and they had heard his teachings. They were not disciples. They had a different role. But you can see they were equally important to Jesus. They took care of Jesus' needs. But they had heard all these things. They had heard when Jesus had predicted he would be handed over and he would be crucified, but he would rise again. Uh, <clears throat> he had told them about all these things. And now, oh yes, we remember that. They remember sitting with Jesus, listening to him, he told them about many things, but he especially told them about what was going to happen to him and why that would happen and how that would affect them. And they were rapt listeners to him. Part of the, you know, what we remember about Jesus, there was the culminating events on Good Friday, that dark, doleful day, ground-shaking, darkness, at midday. The temple curtain torn in two from top to bottom. And the earth quaked. Dead men came out of their graves and wandered around Jerusalem for a while. All this happened 
when payment for our sins was completed on that cross. When Jesus declared just before he died, it is finished. And then he gave up his spirit and he died. But it was still dark, doleful, because now he's in the grave. He's paid this price, but what do we see? We see death. But then now he is alive. His word, the things he had said, have been shown to be true. He claimed to be the Son of God. Indeed, if he can rise from the dead, he is that Son of God that he claimed to be. His payment for sin that he made on the cross, it has been accepted. It has paid the price. Your sins are wiped away. Your sins are gone. His promise of life, yes, he said, because I live, you also will live. That's got to be true, too, because he came back to life. So another truth that angels remind the women to remember Jesus' word. They reminded them in the grave about the empty grave. So they remembered these words of Jesus. They remembered his teachings, his rebukes, his forgiveness, his comfort, his love, all those words that, that helped them along in their life. His pointing them to life, life in him. And we continue reading. And when they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away, wondering to himself what had happened. So what did the women do after they hear they are in this empty tomb, and they hear the words of the angels, and they remember what Jesus said? They run back. To Jerusalem. They go to that room where the believers and the apostles were gathered and they tell them what they had seen. They hadn't put it all together yet. They didn't understand it all yet, but they told what they knew. They told what they had seen. They told about what they had felt, what they had witnessed. Before, you know, not waiting till oh, man, I really don't understand all this. I can't tell anybody. No, they did. They just told what they knew. Uh, <clears throat> and they told it despite the fact that these other disciples were not believing them. Oh, no, you women are crazy. That can't be. But they kept on telling them what had happened and what they had witnessed. So what now for us? What should we do about this after we hear about this empty grave? Well, probably one of the most important things is remember Jesus' words about his resurrection. The empty grave, it's a phenomenal thing. It's an amazing thing to see a grave which had a dead person in and now that person is alive. But <clears throat> that doesn't tell the story about it, does it? No, you have to remember Jesus' words. What he said 
about what would happen. How he had told the disciples, how he had told us that he would be handed over to wicked people, that he would be crucified, that he would die, that he would be buried, but that he would rise again. How he had told them, you will live. Believe in me, you will have eternal life. Everyone who believes in me will not die, but have eternal life. These are all important things for us to remember. And of course, we remember them by going into his word, looking into those gospels where those things were written down. That's where we get reminded of those things and remember them like the women and believe them. But think this also. The whole Bible is Jesus' word. All the Bible is about Jesus. All the Bible focuses on Jesus from Genesis to Revelation. From that first promise in the Garden of Eden of a descendant of the woman, that was Jesus, to that Jesus at the end of Revelation who is going to come quickly to take us back to himself, that's Jesus. We want to go get back to those things and study those things because that's where we get our hope and our joy, our <coughs> hope of eternal life. We also want, like the women, tell others Jesus' words about his resurrection. These are <coughs> important words. These are words for everyone. Jesus died for everyone. He rose for everyone. And it's a message of joy and happiness. Oh yes, there will be many people who won't believe it, who won't want to believe it, who maybe think we're crazy. But still, we have to tell others. This is what Jesus wants us to do. This message is for them also. Uh, <clears throat> and just tell what you know. Tell what you Believe, yes, I know Jesus died for me. I know Jesus rose from the dead. I know he will raise me at the last day. And of course, after you've done this a little bit, you think, oh, I should go back and learn a little more so I can tell these people a little more about Jesus. But don't wait till everything is crystal clear in your mind before you tell. Just tell what you believe. That's what the women did. That's a good example for us. And finally, just simply, remember the empty grave. It brings life. It brings meaning. It brings hope. Amen.